Boy, can I help you? Listen up. I'm bringing you the best content to ever exist in the door-to-door industry from sales, leadership, recruiting, and personal development. Well, why would I need that? Because never before have we been able to collaborate with the top experts in their industries, sharing their secrets and techniques on what makes them the best. Wait, who, who are you? I'm your host, Sam Taggart, creator of the DDD Experts and DDDCon. Is there a place we can sit down? Well, come on in. We are excited to announce Jordan Belfort, the real Wolf of Wall Street, at D2DCon 2019, January 10th through 12th in Salt Lake City. Register today at d2dcon.com. Come as a team, learn as a team, leave as a team. My name is Sam Taggart with the DDD Podcast, and I'm with Graham Desert here. Um, so well, welcome welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So, so a little background on Graham. I'll brag, I'll brag about him for you. Um, so I, uh, you know, I got to know Graham over at, was it IMG or Win the Storm that we met? Win the Storm. Win the Storm, okay. Um, and I thought he was, he was one of the more sharper looking roofers. I was like, man, you, you don't look like a roofer. <laughs> Hence, he's got flip-flops on San Diego, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I've been wearing these pretty much every day. Do you drive a big truck or are you like Prius kind of guy? Funny you ask. Funny you ask. Uh, I used to drive a Toyota Sequoia, big, big vehicle, and uh, just recently traded it in for a Prius. Oh, I did that? <laughs> To California, I'm like, I wonder how much he's really incorporated oh, this whole dude. non-roofing mentality uh, Prius, man. Well, so the big thing was, it was like seeing how much I was paying in gas. It's like 12 miles a gallon. Yeah. And I like continue to drive and drive and drive. And I'm like, man, I got, I got to get a Prius. That's and so I funny that I just, I called it, I called it. What, what happened was I was driving, I drove my uncle's Could car. I have your man card? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> a roofer with a Prius, yeah! So anyway, so he's uh, CEO of Roofing 101, and they've doubled in size over the last few months. They've doubled in size over the last couple years. They just keep doubling and doubling, doubling. And um, you know, most of their business is actually done in Kansas City. And um, he's moved out here to San Diego to start roofing in San Diego and duplicate the process, which is which is awesome. So um, you know, been in it. How long have you been in roofing? You know, I started as a sales rep, I think it was 2007. 2007, so over 10 years yeah. of roofing experience, and now you're, you know, CEO, big yeah, shot. Yeah. Well, I started out on a ladder, actually, so I started as a painter in high school. Wow. And then just kind of worked my way up, you know, after being on a ladder and painting every summer as a summer job. Yeah, I kind of put two and two. Were you with that one door-to-door painting thing? What's it College called? College for Painters. No way! Yeah, yeah. I want to like connect with them oh, because dude. they are Fantastic like culture. one of the staples, and I didn't even know about them until like just yeah. recently. And I was like, I need to connect with yeah. them. Yeah. So that's how that's how I got started in business was uh, through College for because the way it was is like, well, first I started my own painting company because I was like, dude, I know how to paint a house. I know how much a gallon of paint costs, you know, I know what to charge a customer, like I can figure this out. So I quit my job and started my own company. And then after a summer of that, I was like, man, if I can do this myself, I wonder what I can do with like 10 or 12 people, you know? And so then, but I didn't know how to do, how to run a company because I was a history major in college. So don't the college pro people kind of teach you the entrepreneurial school Absolutely. skills to kind of 
start your company. Absolutely. Do you feel like you applied those same principles to your roofing? Today. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. That is so cool. Yeah. And, and what? The doors. I mean, that's what it teaches you. That's how you it's, like, yeah, it's crazy. The yeah. doors teach you like how to be an entrepreneur, how to you know hire. How that's to exactly how I started my own company was, you know, I was like, dude, I don't know anything about marketing, but I knew when a house needed to be painted. So I'd just go talk to them. I'd go knock on the door and introduce myself like, hey, I'm Graham. You know, I just started my painting company. You know, uh, love to give you a free estimate, da, 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 whatever the door pitch was. And, you know, I wasn't the best door-to-door guy, but I would go back. I would always go back. Because I knew at some point, hey, man, they're going to have to paint their house. Might as well be me. Yeah. So they get to know my face. You know, you create a relationship that way. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then fast forward many years. and you're Fast now forward many years, years. And then now I got my own, my own business. And the same things that I learned when I was 22. I apply now at 37. So that's awesome. So you've um, today we're gonna. So if you're listening to this podcast, we're gonna touch on a few things, which I which I think is a very very relevant topic. And everybody asks, like you know, in this job, running your own company or being a top sales performer or whatever it is, the biggest struggle is we balancing that family and work life balance. And so we'll touch on that, and we're also gonna touch on how to as a leader effectively craft these professional and personal visions for your employees so that they can tie success in the family life and the personal life and their work life all to you being a catalyst and leading them to better results than where they came from. Absolutely. Um, So before we jump into those two topics, I I, I, want to know, (laughs) I want you to tell me a little bit about this rim, 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 run. (laughs) It's a joke. Just... We want to go there. We want, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, next month I'm doing this uh, run across the Grand Canyon. It's a it's a common thing. I I didn't really hear about it until last year. Um, which, by the way, last year I did I, I did a run across Greece and uh, really the yeah. whole country. Yeah. So the Grand Canyon is a country. Yeah, you know, if you seen movie Three Hundred, uh-huh. you know where the Spartans they like you know get their get their stuff. And oh they yeah, yeah. Run across and then they meet the the Persians and fight them off uh-huh. and stuff. So that same path that they took, you know, I, I did the same. So thing. that's like the real Spartan race. The real Spartan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the legit. Everybody's like, I did a Spartan race over no, in no, like. No, the, dude, no, I did this, the real thing. They I put up a barbed wire for yeah. that thing. It's like, <laughs> no, this is like real Spartan. Yeah, so I went to Sparta. Went all the way up to the high gates in Thermopylae. It was like 200 some odd miles over eight days. It was awesome. Eight days. Eight 200. Days. Yeah, it's miles. like a, it's like a marathon a day for eight days, basically. And you did that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did a 5K one time. Yeah. Big steps. I know. Yesterday I went on a run. It was actually really refreshing. So Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. How many people could say they ran 200 miles? One. Yeah. And man, I mean, did that take a lot of training? And like, I mean, took a lot of training. Are your knees okay? Knees are fine, man. Ankles are fine. Body's cool. Yeah. That is awesome. So it took me, I would say, like, Maybe three, four, or five weeks to recover after that. Oh, that's it. Then I just jumped back in the train. At the end of it, did you like kick anybody into a well or anything? Yeah, I didn't pull out a sword. You did? Okay. Yeah, I started stabbing people. I was going to say, I was like, no heads got cut off. No, no. I mean, imagine doing that with a big armor and shield and like. That would have been. Yeah, exactly. And all the equipment. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And so that was like the big, the big thing was really putting myself in the position of, you know, what they did, you know, hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago, whatever it was. 
Um, but the big thing is like how they chose the men to go, to go fight, uh, was pretty interesting to me. You know, it wasn't just you gotta be the biggest, baddest warrior. It was who had the, you know, sons, whoever had sons that could pass on the family name were going to fight. Why is that? Why do you think that was? Uh, because they wanted, they knew it was a suicide mission. You know, three, four hundred men up against like thousands. So they knew it was a suicide mission, but it had to happen to get the entire country. The country needed time to get all the men, you know, and all the fighters together and coordinate the army to go actually fight. And so to hold them off, they had to, you know, we need three, four hundred guys with sons to go hold them off and make a stand just to give us time to put the army together. And because they had sons, their name would continue. Correct. And so that is correct. I have two sons of my own, so yeah. chances are if I was in that position, I'd be one of the guys going. So I bet that was kind of a, that position. Yeah. That was probably a wake up call to just be Big, like, big wake up call. Because you're sitting there every day, you're thinking about like you put yourself in that position and it's like, what if what if this was real? You know, type of thing. So you start to really think about your life and all that other stuff. Yeah, and then the whole work and everything else probably becomes irrelevant. And you're yeah. like, what do you do in those last moments with your two sons, knowing you're going on a, a suicide mission in a sense to say, yeah. go carry on the mission, go carry on the name, live with pride, and yeah, pride whatever see. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so that was like a precursor to. When I got done with that, um, it was it was a fantastic experience, uh, and that could be like a whole different rabbit hole of a conversation. But um, I was like, well, "What next?" You know, like I really enjoy you know going out and pushing my body to like the, the limits. Like, what next? So the next thing that you know I thought about, I'm like, dude, I would, I would love like I've always wanted to go see the Grand Canyon, and then I heard about that people actually like run across it. You know, like they go across and come back and whatever. So, how many miles is that? It's just over 40. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say that's not a small distance. No, it's 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 just over 40. Uh, you can make it longer if you want, but, but it's not just a run down a path, it's a Grand Canyon with it's mountain, <laughs> yeah, and desert climate, yeah, and, like extreme terrain and temperature changes and you know, weather and lack of lack of water and resources. and. It's not like you can drive in there and drive out. It's like once you're in, you're in, and the only way to get out is on I, foot. Yeah, I'm like, there's, I rafted it, you know, a while back, and six day river trip. You know, it's really tiring. Yeah. You know, it's definitely, definitely taxing the body <laughs> sitting on this motorized raft. So, um, but it was awesome. Yeah. Um, well, that's got you, man. Like, like when I first saw the mechanic, I was like, holy cow, like it doesn't seem real. It's so, it's so awesome. So. No, so let's kind of segue that into, you know, it, it, obviously there's this personal fun, you're getting your fix out of, you know, physical fitness and pushing your body to new limits, you know, um, but, but also like the, the aspect of how you've, you, you've inspired your people to do the same, you know, from personal and a family and the work and, a, you know, finding this new vision in them. And how you've done that. So you've got these couple papers mm -hmm. here. You know, he's got this huge, stack, huge stack. Yeah, like you've got pages. this stack of pages, dreams and aspirations of people. I love it though. I mean, so so tell us a little bit about this exercise you've kind of started to do with your people as a CEO, mm -hmm. and why you started it, how it kind of came about, and what it is. Well, the big, the big thing was um, 
you know, as you start out in business and you start growing and, and you acquire customers and you, know, you start hiring people and, um, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, you're very good at like transactions, like acquiring customers, producing jobs, collecting the money, all that stuff. And that's very transactional based. And then all of a sudden you have all these people involved and um, you're lacking. Like I found I was really lacking the relationship of how to, how to effectively lead people and how to effectively work with customers. And so, um, you know, there was a chain of events that really just made it very apparent and clear to me, like, you know, man, I need a solid mission. I need a solid vision for my company. You know, like I need to create values and priorities and, you know, start to instill this in our, in, in brand or company, you know? And, um, so I started to work on that, and it's not an easy process, man, to really look in the mirror and just like admit, like, dude, I'm not good at this. I need to, I need help. I need to, you know, start to do these things. So um, we created this exercise, which we started to do uh, recently with our company, and uh, it's really all about creating a personal vision, a professional vision, and a vision within your current role in the company. And it's really important because. Um, as a as a leader, like my view of leadership is, you know, you first have to really understand yourself and to lead other people effectively. And then once you really understand yourself and how you tick, you've got to understand your people. You know, spend some time understanding who they are and what they want to really lead effectively. And then, you know, obviously when you gotta make a craft, like what are you doing? You know, what do you what do you provide the community? Mm-hmm. And so all the while, like you, you take all those things, all the while influencing action towards a common goal. So that's what this does, is it, like this is something I did myself. And this is something that, you know, my, my people are doing too. And so really what it is, is you sit back and you think about, and there's a series of questions. Uh, and you think about like, what is the ultimate personal version of Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening so, to this, the lights just fell off. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Alright, so uh, really it's like taking some time to think about the ultimate personal version of Sam. Yeah. The ultimate personal version of, you know, Graham or, you know, uh, John or whoever. Like what does that person look like? And some of these questions are like you know, what activities are you involved in? You know, what about faith and community service? Like, how much time would, you know, that version of yourself spend with family and friends? Like, who do you want to be? How do you want to be known? Where would you travel? Where would you live? With all the money in the world, what would you do? And it's really interesting what people say, you know, when they get that question, they really think about it, you know? And then the biggest question is like, what would you do if you had nothing at all? Like, with no money, what would you do? With no resources, what would you do? You know, if you had, if your kids didn't exist, you know, what would you do? If your wife didn't exist, what would you do? If your significant other didn't exist, if you didn't have a house? And so, you really put yourself and people that are in those unfortunate situations, you know, and that starts to develop empathy. And, you know, the, the big thing is, man, most people just really haven't been asked that question, you know, and uh, it's a really tough one to answer. But when you really sit down and think about it and ask it honestly and spend the given time on it, you come up with some really good answers. And the, 
the process of development starts. And we really, it's just helping you shape that, that vision. So, yeah. So you did this first, yeah. and then you're like, holy crap, my people need to do this, and I would like to know the answers to what they have to say. Yeah, like this, I did something, not this exact exercise, but I did something like this. Yeah. Like 10 years ago, 2008, 2009. I took, um, you know, I got, I, Told my wife, I'm like, listen, uh, I'm gonna go get a hotel room, you know, down the road, and I'm just gonna lock myself up for, you know, a day and a half or so, and I'm gonna go through all this. And what's interesting is, majority of what I wrote down happened. So that's interesting. And so now, like, I'm redoing it again, you know? And so. Uh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that, you know, you do and you revisit often because you just, you, you gotta keep it in the forefront. Often there's, there's a lot of people that will, you know, create goals or create a vision for themselves and then just forget about it because yeah. life happens, you know? Oh, it's so, so common. Yeah. So you email this out or, you know, kind of how do you set the stage? So if you're listening to this, I wanna walk, walk through kind of the steps to implementing a practice similar to this or, you know, the same, the same practice because I thought it was so inspiring because I think most of the time as a CEO or a manager or a VP or whatever, you have this organization of people, whether, I mean, you've got techs and, you know, or installers and ops people mm -hmm. and sales guys and all these other departments. But I mean, a lot of people listen to this, it may just be you have five reps or 50 reps or whatever, right? But it's still the same principle of like, okay, I want to know what makes these people tick, what they love, like what, you know, like I want to know and it's, it's knowing that of your people, like what are they aspiring and yeah. then helping them think. Yeah. And then, so how'd you kind of set the stage of like, okay, I need you guys to answer these questions. Like, was it just like a simple email of like, all right guys, there's 10 questions, make sure you answer them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how, how did you yeah. kind of get them to do it? Yeah, dude, that's a, that's a great question. So the email, I did send an email out and it was, it was just basically like, hey, you know, burnout is a very common thing. Yeah. You know, there's something that happens. And, and the question is like, why could somebody work like 60 some odd hours a week and find like joy and happiness and, you know, really fulfilled and whatnot in their work and they're working, you know, 60 hours a week. Like how, how does that happen? And then why but the same person or, or someone similar, you know, can work like 30 hours a week and just absolutely dread what they do? Well, I, and it, it goes back to like a lot of the successful people listening to this or, or use, like the people that are, are successful. I mean, if they could, they'd probably work 90 hours a week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, like what's so crazy is like 60 hours. It's like people are like, oh, I, was, I work 60 hours this week and they don't even realize it. You yeah. know, it, there's yeah. this difference between that person and like what you're saying that, oh, I can't wait till it's fun. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally, we can. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and I, th I think the big, the big thing is, is really finding purpose and meaning in what you're doing professionally, and that's the, that's that's the other side of this. Is you know, I ask the questions about the personal version, but I want to know the professional version too. You know, like uh, here's here's some of the questions. So, uh, how many hours a week would this personal version or or professional version work? Uh, what would your annual income look like? Why would you make that money? You know, 
um, you know, if you want to make a six-figure income, why is that important to you? Really yeah. understand that, yeah, because there's a lot of people that say that, but what's behind it? And that's the real question, you know? Yeah, what's a lot of people don't have a reason why they even need that much money, or like, they're fine making 50, 60 and living off that, and their bills are paid, and they're, right. they're just fine. <laughs> right, and so what ties it all together is really your personal version and your, the legacy you want to leave, well then ties in your professional legacy. You know, like how do you want to be regarded professionally? Like what responsibilities would you want to have? Like I think that's really a, a really great question because you know now you know like there may have been somebody in your organization that you never even would have thought would want to have responsibility and lead people and now you know. And you can start to work with them and develop them and show them the path of you know progression. Like you can, in the next few years, if you do this, this, and this, you know, this is the path of progression for you, you know? And so then it, it creates this total buy-in and, and cult, there's a culture shift and absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said with that because as leaders, a lot of times we make assumptions and we say, this guy's a stud, he's going to be my next X, Y, Z, and you yeah. kind of box him, right? And then yeah. you, you put other people in a box of like, oh, they never really amount to much, so there's going to be here, here, and here. Yeah. But what you realize is he responds like, man, I'm just really happy being a rep. I never want to do, you know? And this person's like, I would get so much more fulfillment out of leading people. And you're like, oh, well, that, that's probably good information to know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think you probably, yeah. So like, keep going, keep going, yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, I think, that is, you're absolutely right. And the other thing that's interesting is, this will open up conversations about retirement. Like what, what do you want to do you know, long-term, professionally? And then, like, dude, do you, do you want to retire? Do you want to continue to work? Like, what does all that look like? Because naturally, when you talk about like your personal life and what you want to accomplish, retirement starts to enter the picture. Um, sometimes, it kind of depends on how old you are. But, uh, it, it begs the question, like, what is net worth? You know, most people don't talk about that. And that's a good question because, you know, at the end of the day, man, like, when you're, when you're done and, you're, and you, you know, say you die off and you have to sell off your assets and, and pay off your debts, like, what pile of money is left for, you know, your lineage, your children or your family? You know, that makes a difference when it comes to, you know, when you can retire. So, you know, um, you'd be surprised how many people don't, haven't had that conversation or, or someone hasn't asked that. And it's really just having that conversation, then it starts the whole process. Like, man, maybe I should think about a you know, 401k or some sort of investment property or, you know, start, you know, investing in Bitcoin, <laughs> you know, or whatever it might be. But, you know, people need to really think about that because in our, in our industry, it's a lucrative industry, and people can make a lot of money. And if you don't have direction with that, uh, it can be a problem. So I think, and, and this may be a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it for the audience. Like, define net worth. What is the what is net worth? Net worth is basically it's the value of everything that you own minus all your debts. Like, for example, it, it'd be like the cash I have in my bank account, um, the value of my investments when I cash them out. Um, you know, the value of my home when I sell it, uh, the value of my cars and all of my belongings when I sell them. And then, so you take all of those things that are assets that have value and you sell them off, you're going to get a pile of money. 
Okay. Then what you need to do is now you need to pay off your debts because you know people want want their money you know based off of you know what you borrowed or whatever. So then you know if you paid off your mortgage, paid off your your car loan, you know some credit card debt or whatever you might have, like that pile of money that's left over is your net worth. So it's interesting. And if you're listening to this, I want you guys to ask this hard question to yourself: mm-hmm. Is your net worth negative? Because you know how many sales reps I've met that literally they have, you know, they drive this nice car, <laughs> it's financed over five years, <laughs> and they've got, you know, 10, 15 grand in credit card debt, they're back paying their taxes from two years prior, and they're making great money. Yeah. And like, but you own no real estate, you have, you're living kind of commission deal to commission deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, your net worth is negative. And that's, it's crazy. Yeah. There's going to be a wake up call at some point. Yeah. In your 30s, 40s, at some point there'll be some sort of wake up call. And, um, you know, it's never too late, but it's better to have that information the younger you are. 100%. Yeah. It's funny. I I did a 401k. I had a really good year in 2011. And, you know, I needed all these tax savings and whatever. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, like seventeen thousand or whatever, five hundred you could put, or nineteen that whatever it was, the time you could, you know, throw it in a four hundred one k. But I looked at that uh, like a couple weeks ago, and because they send me those quarterly reports or whatever, right? Yeah. Never open them or mm-hmm. whatever. But I was like, oh, I should probably actually like open this one, and it was crazy how much that's gone up over the last wow. five six years, and I'm like. Wow, I'm watching compound interest in its effect. It's amazing. <laughs> and that was a 21 year old retard that yeah. just said, somebody's like, you should do a borrowing good to save on taxes. I was like, yeah. okay, I gotta put the money somewhere. You know, I was like, that's boring. I can't touch it till I'm 59. That's like, I'm, like, I can't even fathom being 59 right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, absolutely. And, and it's like, I think what people don't realize is now I look at the, like, I look at the net worth of that little investment pocket and I'm like, Holy crap, like what will it be when I'm 59 based on, you know, it's yeah. been some good years, right? But yeah. like, but I'm just like, this is awesome. And I, I, I invite those listening to this to take a second and say, what are you doing to consciously improve that net worth? Because if you're a direct sales commission based employee the rest of your life and you don't do anything about it, I've met a heck of a lot of people saying, I have nothing for retirement. Yeah. And I'm like... So, uh, yeah, what's the pension you're going to be getting from this company you've been working yeah. for? They're like, well, I don't get one. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's our job. <laughs> so it's a good, yeah. good work, man. Yeah. Good work. Yeah, man. I, uh, luckily, you know, where, where a lot of this came from, um, so my dad, I remember my dad sitting down with me when I was probably 15, 16 years old, something like that, and just walked through, you know, son, if you get an IRA, you know, a lot IRA, when you're 21 and you set aside $50 a month for the next whatever, uh, you'll, you'll be a millionaire. You'll have well over a million dollars, and it was like three or four million dollars or whatever it was. It was ridiculous. But I'm like 16 years old, 15 and 16, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I don't even have $50 right now. <laughs> you know, but uh, the, the great thing was like it was introduced. You know, and so what happens when I start making money is, you know, what my dad said, the less comes back. Yeah, comes back. And so uh, I didn't open up my IRA at 21, but I opened it 
you know, soon after. And it's like, yes, I put money in that every month. And that's just one of the things that I do. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's kind of segue this into, you know, what's crazy is if you're a leader and you're managing your people, you can be Graham's dad. That might be the first time that that new rep or that person mm -hmm. ever had a conversation because that person's dad was the guy that doesn't have retirement or net worth. Mm -hmm. And you can be that guy that catalysts them to say, let's change your destiny from living through the, you know, the traditions of your father. Yeah. And I'll be the guy that's the catalyst to put you in a different result in 10 years. Yeah. And I think that's what's so powerful about leadership. And I'm sure you've witnessed yourself being able to see this change your growth, just being that person asking those hard questions and having those conversations with your people. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm really curious to know what are some of the responses that you've gotten from this exercise of asking these questions to your people? Yeah. And then what are some of the results you've seen fast forward, you know, six months, a year, whatever, and how it shifted the culture and, and, and your employees and helping them get a clearer vision? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here's here's one um, that I, I think is pretty powerful. So, dance party. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, we have a timer on the lights. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's a right out. Um, Christian, cut that in audio and video again. So, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of ages, and these are all, like, dreams and aspirations. And I got to tell you, like, going through this, in the conversations, I had every range of emotion you can think of. Like, just, you know, uh, people crying and, and, you know, a lot, lots of gratitude and... and um, you know, anger and, and, you know, confusion and, you know what I mean? So there's all kinds of emotions. So you're just, you're really listening and really understanding. So here's one. So from a personal vision standpoint, uh, one of my employees said this. So who do you want to be and how do you want to be known? I want to be known as a woman who empowers other women to make their dreams come true. I want to be my daughter's hero. That's powerful. Yeah. Like that's... Pretty, that's pretty powerful. Beautiful. When, she, when, she's at, when she's slacking off, do you ever go back to like, are you are you operating as if you were your daughter's hero right now? <laughs> <laughs> that would just be like that. Yeah. But, oh. but like, but you have, I, want, I don't want to call it leverage, but I want to call it more like, you can hold your people to this, right? Yeah. Well, it's like, why did you write it if you didn't mean it? And I can you think come back to it. Yeah. Now you know what your dreams and aspirations are. And it's like, okay, if you want to own a hundred acres of land and that's what you really want, and this is why you want to do it, dude, like let's let's get to work. Let's, let's yeah. this is these are the I'm skills you team. need. You know, these are the skills you need. This is the work that, you, that needs to be done. Yeah. You know, so let's do the hard work, which is one of our core values. You know, do the hard work. I love it. So yeah. Yeah. So we got uh, let's see. Uh, I love that you've taken notes on this. Like, if you guys are watching and looking at his actual paper, um, it's interesting because he's literally highlighted and scratched and underlined and written notes. And you can tell that you put some thought behind these, which is really cool. Sorry, I, mean, I just want to put those two cents in. Yeah, absolutely. So here, here's another one. So I want to be known as a true leader and someone who can change other people's lives. You know, we grow more to give more. That's pretty... 
Sweet. Right? That is so cool. Yeah. I want my wife, my personal legacy, I want my life, my wife, to say I was compassionate, caring, godly man who loved and cared for his kids, family and friends, and did everything he could to be kind and help people. Here's an in- so here's an interesting question. And this just kind of popped. If you, like those that are listening, were to send an email to your people, are they in a position where they trust you enough and are comfortable enough answering the questions? That's an interesting thing to reflect on. Because I even thought, I'm like, man, if I emailed my guys when I was managing, would they respond with a response like that? Would they would they be vulnerable enough to say, I want to be an honorable husband with a God, like godly and you know what I mean, and getting deep and like telling me about their true wants? Or would they simply reply with a, oh yeah, I just, you know, I want to make a lot of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like there's the half-ass like fake response, yeah. but it sounds like a lot of your people were willing to go deep with this. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. I mean, there's there's somewhere, it's like, there's 11 pages worth of notes. 11 pages worth of, you know, they're pouring their heart out onto, onto the you know, screen. And then there's somewhere, it's a, it's a one-pager. Um, and both are okay. It's just answering the questions, you know. Get, you know, the exercise is the exercise, and what you do with it is yeah. what you get out of it, you know. And the person who did the one-pager, may have gotten the same as the person who got, you know, the 11 pages. Yeah. Does that make sense? So what changes have you seen in your culture and your company based on some of the responses and and getting to know them on this deeper level and helping them craft their own personal professional vision? Like what shifts and results have you seen from it? I had one woman tell me specifically that uh, failure is an option. And... um, you know, the first time that we spoke, it was very much about like, you know, failure is not an option. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna succeed. This is this is it. And then after six months, you know, sitting down, she's like, you know what? What I realized was, you know, failure is an option. It's okay to fail. It's okay to be vulnerable and like not succeed every single time because that's where the growth happens. And I was like, whoa, that's amazing. You know, like that's what like that's what this is all about. It's the progression and like listening to you know the, the learning and the development and the progression of these people. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. And then, you know, my job is to is to listen and understand. You know, like I don't talk during this. You know, I may there may be something where I will like facilitate a little bit and um, they'll uh, you know uh, like I'll just ask a, a question or just keep it going. Or if there's a large gap, like if, if for example, their vision is to be here and how they want to be is here, but yet they admit and they're saying like, dude, I'm right here. And there's this large gap. I'll point out, I'll point out the gap and I'll just say, you know, like that's something that I got into. But, you know, really take some time to think about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. So let's kind of shift gears in a nutshell. Um, basically, if you were to say quick pointers on practices, because we're running out of time, quick pointers on how you've been able to balance your own work life and family life with all these things on your plate. You know, you've got offices in the different states, you've got you know, I mean, you're a CEO, like, and I don't think a lot of you guys listening to this aren't CEOs, but 
you still run your own 1099 customer base or team or office or whatever, right? So I think it's so applicable in our job. And me personally, man, I've been workaholic mode. You know, I'm probably the first to admit it, right? Like where you get into the zone and you're like, nothing else matters except this. Yeah. And it's so challenging. And I'm, you know, like I said, the first to admit, like to just somehow stop this, turn work off, go family. You know, yeah, I want to know some of your best yeah. practices. Like, what do you do? Oh man, this is such a, this is such a, uh, a difficult thing. Um, I got to tell you, so when I started my company, uh, so first of all, I have five children. So five children, married, 14 years. Um, and, and he's not Mormon, guys. We'll get him baptized later. So. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, I come. My family. Uh, I grew up in a, in a military household. Okay. I was in the military. Um, you know, we got there's ten kids in my family, so I have nine brothers and sisters. Wow. So I just grew up in that environment, and like the, the hard work and whatnot was instilled like at a very young age. And so uh, when I started my company, it was like my wife didn't work. You know, so it was like on me. And so there's this pressure to, you know, deliver results and, you know, uh, have money come in to feed your family. And that's important. Like, you've got to be able to take care of your basic needs. So that's where a lot of the hard work comes in and a lot of the, you know, the grind of putting hours in come, comes in. But what ends up happening is um, you lose sight of. Through all that, you lose sight of the things that are important, or at least were important to me when I first started out. Like my family was very important to me, and you lose, I lost sight of that uh, because now I started to get what we needed, and then it was like, I want to get more. I want to become more successful. I want to do more. I want to be more. You know, and then you just lose sight of, you know, the, you know, yeah. why you're doing what you're doing, and so. Um, this was helpful for me to get me grounded, uh, to really understand what's important, and it's it's like the the success and money and things like that are important just for um, you know just for stability, you know, and uh, certainty. You know, profit leads to certainty in a business, you know, and that's important. That's a basic need. Um, the uncertainty piece also keeps you going. Some of the things that I that I do is, you know, like I'll give you an example. Um, Thursdays I pick up my kids from school and we go do surf lessons uh, because I mean, they get they have an early release. So I just I intentionally make time uh, and block off that afternoon and nothing messes with it. And then um, you know I'll, I've been known for this to you know take my kids on trips. You know if I'm going out of town for work, I'll just I'll take a kid with me. And uh, we'll go to a conference or whatever. Like I took a, one of my sons to um, uh, New Orleans, and then I took uh, one of my daughters to. She went to Las Vegas, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and then I took another son to Miami. So that type of stuff like really helps me connect with them one on one. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll always remember that. Yeah. I, oh, Dad picked me to go. Like. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, what about with your wife? Is there anything specific that you've done or developed that has helped you? One, I get. I'm gonna be more specific with this question because it's like, how do you set an expectation with your wife and come to an agreement of like that balance, right? Because because I realize like sometimes it's just 
she's expecting me to be somewhere, be something, or X amount of time, or whatever, and I'm expecting something different, sure. and that's what creates this, like, bash. But, I mean, have you done anything that's helped kind of manage expectations with you and with her as far as how to balance? Yeah, I think um, what's really helped is, you know, we sat down and really just said, like, you know, this is what we want. And so getting together and sitting down and, and laying out what we expect and what our own vision is, so actually doing this together would be helpful because then you both understand what you want and where you're aligned and where you're not. And where you're not aligned, you get aligned. And then so you're on the same page. And, and when you're on the same page, um, it's easy to stay on the same page through communication. Yeah. You know? So. Uh, I mean, one of the things that we do, we regularly go on dates, you know, like weekly. And if I don't ask my wife out on a date, she gets pissed. <laughs> so you ask, yeah. you have to yeah, ask her? Yeah, I ask, yeah. We go on a date with yeah, yeah, she's like, dude, you missed Saturday. I'm like, date. All right, I'll make that too. So what's been one of your favorite dates you've done? We did a weekend uh, staycation. So we got a babysitter for the kids, and then we did a staycation at a, at a hotel just real close in Carlsbad, where we live. That's cool. Yeah, and so just chilling at the beach, hanging out, you know, sitting at the pool at night, watching sunsets, go to dinner, stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, well, you guys heard it firsthand. Grand Desert, the man, the myth, the legend, the rim-to-rim all-star Spartan, true Spartan. <laughs> like, we need to get, you should get like a tattoo, like a Spartan head or something. I've got uh, a tattoo on here, yeah, Malone LeBay, uh, uh, a Spartan tattoo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, well, if you guys like this and show some, uh, give me, give him a big thumbs up or a smiley face or something, um, show, show Graham some love and uh, make sure to share this and tag D2D Podcast or Graham, um, share it on SoundCloud or iTunes or Facebook Live or whatever you're listening or watching this on. Um, and stay tuned today. If you're on Facebook and you are following this journey, um, you can follow kind of the behind the scenes on uh, Instagram and my handle is D2D Experts. But uh, you'll be able to kind of see this journey a little bit more. But dude, I, I, I've honestly appreciated like just your time and you know, he's super willing. He, he put some, uh, videos together for roofing. So if you're in roofing um, for DDD University, you'll see some of his his nuggets he, he, he shared. He dropped some um, nuggets. He dropped some nuggets. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being yeah, on the Thanks podcast. for having me. This, this is a pleasure. Thank you.